Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? Today is Tuesday, right? Take extra care to follow the instructions or you'll be put to sleep. And don't forget Taco Tuesdays. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It is The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Happy Tuesday to everybody out there listening. It is Tuesday, right, Gordon? Yeah, sometimes I get the days mixed up, but yeah, it's Tuesday. Austin is here. Gordon is here. We're going to talk some basketball. We've got Chris Mannix joining us. Uh, coming up at 4.30, Bowler is going to be in the house, in studio, in the 5 o'clock hour. Always excited for Tuesdays when it means Bowler can drop by and see us. You can ask Mannix about uh, the, the boxing uh, story of the century, as we <laughs> the, talked about yesterday. The bag of flab? That you uh, thought your speed bag story was, was better. <laughs> Actually, I didn't know. It was more the headliner. No, because I didn't know what the story was going to be. It took so long getting there. So long getting there by saying it happened over the weekend. <laughs> happened this weekend, Gordon. Well, I had a speed bag growing up. <laughs> now, that wasn't what I was referring to. I was reacting to you saying we don't talk much boxing. Because we don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, we would. We would? If if there were big fights. Yeah. Well, uh, Chris Mannix not only is an NBA insider, he covers boxing for Sports Illustrated as well, so maybe we'll ask Chris. You can't, you can't imagine the excitement that was around the first Ali Frazier fight. That was on everybody's mind. Every sports fan in America had that on his mind. So, I mean, if, that, if something like that were to happen today, it'd be on our minds. Hmm. You don't think so? No, maybe. It would be, for you know, sure. I'm just thinking about where your childhood speed bag fits into all this. No, I'm just I'm just telling you that if, if there were events that really warranted it, we would, it would command our attention, too. Okay. All right. All right. I, I hear you. I, I'm trying to think and of something that would you guys would be able to relate to, you and Austin, that would be the equivalent of that. Um, there aren't very many things. What was it like? Those when- of you of my generation... You know, think about it. You can you can tweet at us if you want. I'm at Gordon Monson. Jake's at uh, Jake twelve eighty Jake nope. Zone Zone. None of that. At Jake Scott Zone. At Jake Scott Zone. And Austin's at Austin Horton. And uh, I mean, try to explain to these guys what that was, how big that was, how dominant that was. What was it like uh, covering Sea Biscuit? That was pretty good, too. That was pretty good, too. What about uh, when Jack Johnson was heavyweight uh, champ? <laughs> that preceded me slightly. A little bit. But when, uh, for instance, when Jesse Owens was winning gold medals in Berlin, that was a big deal. You were there. Jawohl. <laughs> All right. Uh, I also want to talk about uh, the shakeups today, uh, Gordon, in uh, the the bowl system. Well, not the bowl system, I suppose, but uh, the Pac-12 has a new bowl priority. We should uh, we should go over. Yeah, let's see if we agree. Oh, is there a chance we don't? I don't know. And then you had a column today about Ricky Rubio. You can check that out, sltrib.com. We got into that a little bit yesterday, but we can further sink our teeth into it as well. Yeah, oh boy, all those things. And I look forward to it. Man, it's summertime, and there's uh, there's all these little plots going on out there. Uh, and uh, it's fun to uh, just sort of kick back, feel the heat on your face. Just, you know, just enjoy the summertime. That's what it is. All comes back to the weather with you, doesn't it? No, it just, you know, it's, it's a little bit kicked back uh, for uh, our shows over the summer, but... There's a lot of fun things to think about. Gives us time not to necessarily dig in on any particular game, but to consider a lot of things. Just not indie car racing. <laughs> well, that was a pretty big deal back in the day too. Although I do remember it was also 
kind of like the NBA Finals back in the day. It was uh, sometimes on delay, not shown live. Yeah, because why would you want to show something that boring live? Can you believe that the NBA Finals were not shown live? The sport's come a long way, Gordon. Yeah, sure has. In fact, we'll uh, we'll get you ready for game number three. There is some injury news and notes out there that we will uh, get to as well. So it's going to be a very busy day. I filled in for Hans, or filled in with Hans, uh, for his show earlier today, meaning at 4.50 it'll be my second not sports <laughs> report of the day. Oh, yeah, because of that thing they do. Yeah, uh-huh. They're, that they're, rip-off thing. The, the not sports <laughs> report, they yeah. They took from me. Yeah, they did. What do they call it? Uh, I don't know. I just hear the not sports report whenever they... <laughs> The small town news is that no, what it I think that's no, something else. What, what what is it? What do they call it? I think it's whole world news. Whole world news. Okay. Some galloping woman today. So do, whatever you do at four fifty, don't pick a galloping woman, please. Why would I? Yeah, uh, right. You have higher standards in that court, and that's course. what we've come to rely on in the, the 450 segment. Sport, and I'm telling you right now, it has taken on a life of its own, and I really don't know how to describe it. And I don't know how to thank all our listeners out there who have shown such great support for it. Now, I know it's not everyone's cup of tea. You know, it's not. Mm-hmm. Nothing is. It's not. It's like if I say to you, Jake, you know, I love myself a Mountain Dew. You might say, oh, really? I don't really like that. That's not my thing. What is your thing? You don't seem like a Mountain Dew guy. No, I don't I'm think not. I've ever just, seen you drink a Mountain Dew in your life. I, I have, but it's, I just was picking something random. Oh, I see. Not, not everything is about me. <laughs> not to the fault of you, try, know, you trying. I remember when I was a kid uh, one time. Here we go. We, uh, my friend, three, me and two of my best friends were sitting around my friend's family's kitchen table. You guys speed bagging it? Uh, no. Uh, but he, my friend, <laughs> yeah, we were sitting around making each other, doing stupid things that, you know, young people do. Uh, it was probably in elementary school. And uh, my friend, you know, cracked a joke. And my other friend was in mid-swig of a Mountain Dew. And he spit it. Not only did he spit it out, but he puked all over the table. And I was enjoying myself a Dr. Pepper at the time. But that Mountain Dew, anytime I think of Mountain Dew, I think of that Mountain Dew just flying all over the kitchen, along with some little extra. Why don't we all set a goal today here, uh, Austin? Let's never mention Mountain Dew ever again. <laughs> we went, We talked about Mountain Dew on our show today as well. What happened? Well, we had the jazz gaming guys in, and I said uh, a lot of people, I think, think of those guys as just sitting back drinking some Mountain Dew and playing video games, it's, but it's their job. So I think we've met our quota of Mountain Dew for the if day. If you were going to identify with one drink, what would it be, Austin? One drink. Well, I know that recently your mind was blown figuring out what an Arnold Palmer was. Wasn't it you that didn't know what an Arnold Palmer was? I still Wasn't don't. That, isn't that correct, Jake? Didn't we blow his mind one we day? We did, yeah. With an Arnold Palmer. I've never had an Arnold Palmer, so I'll pick that. But, but what's, what's you what drink? What uh, drink? What drink do you identify with? Well, you know I like Coca Cola a whole lot. All right. Yeah. So Coke. What, what about for you? A rusty nail. <laughs> and, what, <laughs> and what's that? It's. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Scotch and Drambuie. What's Drambuie? It's a mixing liqueur. Okay. I've never actually had a rusty nail, but I'm going to go with it. I read a thing once that it was the world's most manly drink. A it rust, sounds like a it. rusty uh, nail. Well, why did you pick it if you've never had it? Because you're trying Cause to it's be the tough. world's most manly drink. It yeah. sounds so like the opposite of a, of a martini. Yeah, it what, sounds like the exact right, opposite. In today's day and age, what does manly mean? What are you asking by that? Well, you're only a man if you grow up with a speed bag. That's what I was told. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> okay. All right. I just say I think people do identify with a certain drink, kind of like for some people, the kind of car they drive is sort of an attachment to their identity. Uh-huh, uh huh. I know a guy like that. Or or the kind of drink you drink, or maybe the burger of your choice. I have a nice car. <laughs> what about the dippy still, dots? You still have you still have that drop. That drop. When did that drop first? That was. That I was, was like, producing your show, so I mean that. So was we were talking fifteen years ago. Something like that. Yeah. You just came in one day and sat down and said, you know what, No, guys? no, no. That's not what I, I have. That's, a nice car. That is not, I have a nice car. That's not how it happens. <laughs> that's exactly it how it happens. It is not. 
a certain someone asked me directly about that about possessions that I have, and I said I don't have that many. I just have a nice car. I have a nice car. So it was meant to be a a, 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 a modest thing. What? What about that? Sounds modest to you. <laughs> because I was saying that I don't have much. I have a nice but car. <laughs> that's the one thing that I had. The rest of it, I'm a ragamuffin. You know, I'm just saying that's one thing I had. It's not bragging. I have a nice it just, car. It just goes to show you how you can take something and twist it. I have a nice car. So the one nice Remember thing- Remember that guy who sent me that, uh, that uh, what was it, some sort of uh, button or something? It was the same color of my car at the time. It said, I have a nice car. You know, right. it, it just says something like the one nice thing you have, which is not true, but the one nice thing you have and, and spent money on is the most depreciating asset that you'll ever buy. <laughs> so you're essentially telling everybody that you have no problem flushing thousands of dollars <laughs> right down the toilet. Several, several yeah. times over. Am I reading the, reading I, into that spoken right? by someone who drives a POS over there. Exactly. But I didn't, I didn't buy it. To try and prove anything to anybody, I bought it because I enjoy driving. Does this and it matched your personality? Does this sound like the voice who bought that? Just to I have a nice car. Enjoy driving it? I don't think so. <laughs> Again, you're taking it out of context. I, I, I think we got all the context we need. Sounds like you saying those words in that order. Yes, it does. <laughs> I have a nice car. <laughs> I love his inflection. Is is what makes that makes no, that it's, drop. It's meant. I'm a billionaire. Is there, any, is there anybody else out there who who who's following me here? That when I said that it was meant uh, as a humble thing. It sounds just like the. It, I'm kind of a big deal. No, it didn't. No, it, it had nothing to do with that. Oh my gosh! All right, well. I mean, it's, it's, it's just be. like Hans bragging about all his nice microwaves in his condos. You know, it's, it's, it's <laughs> that what he brags about. Haven't you ever heard that drop? No, that's a good one too. I have a nice car. I have a nice car. I'm kind of a big deal. No, so <laughs> it's the same. <laughs> that's rather that's rather indicting, there, isn't it? That's not how it was meant, though. I would say the most common thing that comes up at all of our remotes, Austin, is Gordon's car. People, well, I don't know how you can miss people it. People come in and they're like, "Good heavens, Gordon! Is that your car out that's, there?" That's not even that. That's not even the car I was. Ta- that car ranks about fourth on the list. <laughs> wow! <laughs> that is the opposite of the point you're trying to make. <laughs> I have car, a nice car. That car just kind of a big nice. deal. Nice, but it's not that nice. Usually we say, "Hey, come down to the remote. Look for the zone van." But now we say. <laughs> Come to the remote. Look for the really expensive car. I'm not kidding. Uh, I think this was at a remote last week. We had a listener take a picture of Gordon's car and tweet it at us like, boy, Gordon, you're not lying about that nice car. It, it, it's not It's not that nice. I mean, it's just sort of. It's fourth on the it's list. functional. <laughs> it's fun. What do you think has a higher price tag, that car or Austin's life? You mean his? You mean his existence? Like his, his overall? No, no, no. Like a, like a acquired like my net like, value. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is easy. I don't know what you're worth. <laughs> Not that. <laughs> it's fifth on the list. <laughs> well, then you should have kissed the, the uh, whatever it was you were supposed to kiss yesterday. I uh, I should have phrased that better. I'm sorry. <laughs> Austin's actual life is worth infinitely millions of dollars. I was referring to his net worth. Well, we were making fun of Gordon here. No, I was just, uh, awkward phrasing. I'm trying to apologize for it. What was it? I'm said? worthless, and I'm told oh, to kiss something. He, he said he wouldn't kiss uh, kiss uh, Lloyd's butt. Lloyd's bare backside once yeah. a day for an entire year mm-hmm. for a half million dollars. I could buy two of your cars. <laughs> One and a half. Have you rethought? Sorry, have you rethought no, that's my bad. Have you rethought that at all? No. Really? Have you? Well, I just thought maybe you should. No, I, I don't. I think I think about Lloyd's bare backside inadequate enough <laughs> amount, which is zero, until you bring it up. I'm not the one that came up with that little uh, would you rather thing. That was uh, my partner over here. Yeah, that was me. Yeah, the guy who wants to point out how worthless I am. <laughs> I Awkward phrasing. It's not what I meant. Do you do you judge people? I mean, when when someone drives up next to you and they're driving a POS, do you think, man, that guy he really should should 
you know, just as a matter of safety and reliability, should maybe do something about it. No, that. I don't think that at all. But if somebody pulls up next to me in an obnoxiously <laughs> nice car, I think to myself, hmm, What a jerk. What sure a- wish it was hailing right now. <laughs> Austin, are you, are you, uh, are you a freaking communist over there, son? <laughs> sure, she <I>, was hailing. <laughs> are you? I mean, I do want do you want everyone to be, you know, uh, be paid the same and uh, and have the same stuff. Is that what you? Nope. Hi, <laughs> comrade. That's the answer to that one. <laughs> Don't you get the feeling that Austin's a little bit of a communist? That Austin's f- feeling the burn in there. Yeah, you bet. Well, I, I did get a call today about my federal student loan, which I don't have and never have had. So. Yeah, that's a that's a fraudulent phone call. I get those too. I gave them all of Gordon's info. So <laughs> good. <laughs> I do still you, do. You get those calls? I mean, those calls do come. Those fraudulent car, calls. Yeah, they come all the time. Yeah, I've heard about people being hoodwinked by that stuff. Watch out if you get a. What is it that you always say that if you get some sort of warning of some sort over the phone, ignore it until it comes in writing? Is right. That- yeah, most uh, important stuff these days still is in writing, hmm. especially when it comes to bill collecting and that sort of thing. Oh, all right. Good advice there. Should we get into? Uh, you want to do Please. the split story of the day? This right. wasn't it. Uh, no, <laughs> believe more? it or not. Yeah, Gordon's wow. nice car is not the biggest story of the day. <laughs> For once, nor should it be. Come on, guys. I have a nice car. Go ahead, Austin. Let's do it. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. This is off of the NBA topic, but give us a little UCLA preview for next year. What do the University of Utah Utes have in store for them? Uh, well, I'm looking, looking at, I'm, I see two losses for the, for the Utah Utah. <laughs> 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 uh, they handed us rough this year at uh, Utah, but I think we'll get them back. <laughs> you think, uh, are they ever going to get the offensive line issues figured out there with uh, UCLA football? Um, I don't know. I hope you so. can't give up I, 10 I sacks, I, man. You can't be giving up 10 sacks if you're going to beat the Utes this year. <laughs> I mean, we're we getting better every year, so I don't know. <laughs> that was Kevon Looney on the Jake and Tony show back when he worked out for the Jazz before the draft. One of the great – I played that with uh, with Hans earlier. Uh, a great a, Tony Parks moment. That's good stuff. There. I – I don't think he watched many Bruin football games during his <laughs> three months on campus. <laughs> Tony, Tony's just assuming he knows that uh, they gave up 10 sacks to the Utes. You know, hey, they, you, you watched the game. Actually, no. So Tony was thinking that everyone thinks like him? Yes. What yes, about the twists and the poles, Kavan? Are they going to fix that? Or? They gotta re- they've got to replace their right guard. Who do they have in the pipeline? Anybody? Uh, no, Kavan Looney, big story. He's out indefinitely with that pec injury, Gordon. Yeah, not good. And you know what? He's Who's not, left? Yeah, exactly. And he's not the most uh, glamorous player that they have on their roster, but he's that athletic big that they mm-hmm. really need to make their defense work. And he's played an important role on that team throughout these playoffs. And I know Boogie Cousins was was good in game two, but he can't do what Looney was doing on really both sides of the ball, but defensively specifically. That's a that's a big loss. And then the other injuries, Klay uh, uh, Thompson is questionable, and Kevin Durant is officially out for game number three. So the Warriors... They've they've got to worry a little bit about yeah. depth because they're, they're missing their. Some... Let's say it, Jake. They're in trouble. If if, if Clay Thompson doesn't play, they still have Steph Curry though. That's the I thing. know, but then you know they'll have the jinky defense on them. All these guys go down, and Golden State's still like, well, yeah, we we have uh, Steph Curry still, and Draymond Green, who's all NBA defense. So yeah, well, we'll be fine. I mean, how many franchises can do that? But yes, yeah. it is getting a little bit uh, a little bit thin there in Golden State. How many times have you been watching the Warriors and Looney does something and you go, wow, that's that's a good thing they have him, you know? Oh, all the time. Yeah. He's a great role player for them. And to his credit, he's really developed his game and fit just what they needed. It's, it's The Jazz look for players that can play a role when they, when they draft. That's one of the big things they were high on Grayson Allen about, remember? They thought, you know, here's a guy who's not going to come in and try and be a superstar. He's played a bunch of different roles at Duke, and he can come in and fill a role. And if he'd gotten 15 minutes a game, he probably would have. Well, the Jazz would still be playing, I bet. 
Have you paid up for that, by the way? I think you did. Yeah, I did. Okay. Oh. Just making uh, just making sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, I think it, Looney's a big loss. Yes. I mean, a- Andrew Bogut was playing in Australia a couple months ago. I mean, they're they're short on bigs. Let's go back to what you said there about the injuries because Steph Curry said after the win the other night, he said, my teammates stepped up. Did they really? I'm not sure they did. They got the win, but they sort of they, they bumped and skidded to the win. They did, but they— uh, I know Iguodala hit the big shot. Well, Scotty had this stat yesterday that every field goal that they made in the second half, Golden State did, was assisted, hmm. which is pretty incredible. And and let me bring up the stats now. They assisted on something like it was uh, – in fact, I, I've got it right here. They assisted uh, – they had 34 assists on 18 – or 38 made field goals. So out of 38 yeah, field goals, bad. 34 were assisted. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's that, why we like watching the team play. I think that's probably what Steph Curry was referring to that But without you know, Clay, how's that going to go? It's going to be tough. Because Draymond Green, obviously people say well, they got the four All-Stars uh, and now they're just down to two and most teams uh, under most favorable situations have maybe two stars like that. But Draymond Green's a different kind of star, and that's why he's so good for that team because he does the dirty work. He does these different things that are valuable to a team without necessarily being an offensive star. Boy, does that sound like somebody we know? <laughs> the problem is, is now that Golden State is lacking scoring. Right. And so Draymond's... Does that sound familiar? Right. Draymond's really valuable, but they, at some point, need somebody besides Steph Curry who's going to put the ball in the basket. What? Does that sound familiar, it too? It does. It does. So, essentially, the the Raptors are playing the Jazz. I don't know about that, because Steph is still a top three player in the league and certainly capable of doing you know, it by himself. You know himself. my point. I do know your point. But, and yeah. So, and so, I don't know how it's going to go. I, I'm not sure. You know, maybe maybe we should give the Warriors more credit that they would be able to come up with some sort of counter to what uh, what the Raptors were doing in the fourth quarter the other night. But I'm not sure. Because I, I haven't seen this. Has there been a time when that many guys were out? On our, uh, do we have evidence of what might happen? No. By the way, Golden State's still a five-point favorite. Wow. That's a compliment to Steph right there. That's a compliment to Steve Kerr. That's a compliment to that, that organization. I bet Clay still plays. Hammies are tricky, man. Right? Uh, they can be, yeah. Carlos Boozer will tell you all about it. Yeah. Micro tears. Remember when he called it that? <laughs> oh, that was his abdomen. That was his uh, stomach, yeah, though. That wasn't yeah. his hamstring. Yeah, I, I have no idea about the hamstring. I don't know how difficult. In his particular case, these things, there's so many variances to the whole thing. But uh, they need Clay Thompson. Uh, and maybe maybe the Raptors just aren't aren't that good and aren't that highly thought of that they can be down three important guys like that and still beat them. All right, coming up next, there's a new pecking order when it comes to the bowls for the Pac-12. Stay tuned. We'll get into that. Don't forget Chris Mannix is going to be on the show at 430. Bowler is going to be in the house at 5. It's all straight ahead here on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. I mean, look at the success of the show here. Me being the best and being the hardest worker has led to this enormous success, and you guys have followed suit. It's held accountability from your co-hosts to the yeah. producers to the folks who set up remotes. It's catching. It's like a virus. I am a virus. Yes, exactly. I see what you're saying. In a sense, I am a disease. There it is. <laughs> a flesh-eating bacteria. <laughs> we went from virus to bacteria. When you have no medical background, that's easy to right. do. Right. A lot of people have said, man, it's like a disease to be around you. So now I understand what they're saying. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Check this out. Your home for Utah's best sports radio is right here on The Zone Sports Network. You're locked on to the big show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. I have a nice car.
I have a nice car, so I'm going to admit that I have a nice car. I'd be lying if I didn't fess up to that part of it. Total Request Tuesday here on The Big Show. Car-themed in honor of Gordon Monson. If you have any car-related requests, tweet at Austin Horton. You can include us as well. The communist. At Gordon Monson, (laughs) at Jake Scott Zone. All the commie in there. You feel honored that we're you're no, you're the theme feel, of Total I, Request no, Tuesday no, today? No, not at all. I nice and I feel like Austin is kind of like leading the French Revolution in there or something, you know? Liberal Austin in there. Austin wants everybody to, nice to drive around in uh, just one normal-looking American-made vehicle. And khaki colored clothes. Yeah, like a like a, a just nice a car, so I'm going to admit that I have a nice car. Everybody gets a fess up to that part of it. Everybody gets a Chevy sedan. That's it. Yep. With the, with the, and a and a community garden that we all eat out of. You saying the uh, would the world be a better place if that's the way it worked? Well, like according to uh, Austin in there. Because, you know, everybody who does whatever they do, they're providing a valuable service to society. So uh you know, um, I, I, that is that's not really the American way. You know, dream, dream big and go for it and all that. And stuff. the American way is the only way. <laughs> well, we live in America. Yeah, well, it's been made great again. <laughs> Austin Lennon Horton in you, there is is feeling a little bit you, different. Are you going to vote for Bernie? What's going on? I don't know. Is he a commie? <laughs> Social Democrat. Whoever's wearing wearing red, that's where I'm at. All right. Uh, Gordon, we found out uh, this kind of broke later in the the show yesterday, and I I believe we mentioned it, but we've got a few more details. Um, We knew this was coming, that there was going to be some reshuffling in the the bowls. Uh, Las Vegas was upgrading their bowl, and the Pac-12 was going to be a part of that, and we have a, a little bit different pecking order now. You rattled that off so quickly, everyone was trying to keep track of it, but let's uh, let's go through that again. By the way, did you guys hear that Lamborghini's got an off-road concept vehicle coming out? No, why would we look into that? All right, I just, just playing Not really of any interest unless you can afford one, right? Just playing along here, that's all. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna upgrade to a Lambo now? No, go ahead. What's the order? An off-roading Lambo. <laughs> Uh, the Rose Bowl will remain number one for no. the Pac-12 champion, of course. The in, granddaddy. Unless the the Rose Bowl is part of the playoff, and we know how that kind of rotates. Um, number two will still be the Alamo Bowl, uh, okay. where they'll take on a Big 12 opponent. Uh, number three now is the Las Vegas Bowl, which has moved up from number six, ah, which nice. is Good what it was. Vegas. Is that because of the stadium? The stadium, yes, and they're going to get a different slash better opponent. Instead of playing a Mountain West Conference team, they're now going to play a team out of the SEC slash Big Ten. Okay. So Plus, guess, Larry Scott misses his comped suite that he wants to stay. Well, in. yeah. I mean, obviously, Larry's like, "Well, I got to get to Vegas as much as possible. <laughs> I mean, got to stay yeah. in that suite. Yeah, I make five million a year more than any other conference commissioner." The Holiday Bowl is now down to fourth in the pecking order. Wow, I wonder how they feel about that. And they will now be taking on an ACC team. Okay. In the Holiday Bowl, where previously it was Big 12, I believe, was it not? I thought so. You think that has something to do with the stadium? It must. It must. How does the Vegas Bowl bump up like that? Well, destination, and Vegas is certainly a destination and stadium. And the Holiday Bowl, because they're going to demolish Qualcomm at some point, right? So I wonder where that that bowl game, they're building San Diego State a smaller on-campus stadium? If I'm not wrong, where's David James when you need him? Yeah, I don't know. So I wonder if that has anything to do with it. After that, uh, the fifth in line now is the Red Box Bowl versus the Big Ten. I don't know where is the Red Box Bowl. I can't I keep no all these. Clue. these is that a Red Box straight? somewhere. I'm not sure. That's a good question. You can Austin, be, do you know? It's in Santa Clara. So that's uh, I guess oh, formerly the right. the that's Emerald right. Nut Bowl. Isn't that what it was a while ago? Yeah. Uh, number six now is the Sun Bowl versus the ACC. Okay. Number seven, the Los Angeles Bowl versus the Mountain West Conference. So and what's that? I'm assuming that's going to be played in the Ram Stadium, the new Ram Stadium. Okay. And uh, that basically replaces, I guess, the old Las Vegas Bowl. And then the Independence Bowl will go to the eighth qualified Pac-12 team against the ACC. 
You know what's interesting to me about this whole thing is who 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 makes these decisions and what are they basing them on? It's like you said, is it the stadium? Is it the location? I mean, the Independence Bowl has been around forever, but that doesn't seem to matter anymore. And that has not been a bowl tie-in for the Pac-12 recently. It was back in the day, but now it's it's back, and I believe it replaces the Cheez-It Bowl. The Cheez-It Bowl. Where was the Cheez-It Bowl? The Cheez-It Bowl was in Phoenix. Did that take the place of the Copper Bowl? Probably. Or or the Copper Bowl was in Tucson initially, wasn't it? It was. So I I think this is a good thing. I I think the the rise of the Las Vegas Bowl is a good thing. I think the more the Pac-12 can do in Vegas, uh, the better. Well, Vegas is just a great place for destination, for fans. People want to go there. I know that everybody may not want to go gamble all the time, but a lot of people do. A lot of people like the uh, entertainment value down there. So if you've got the stadium, you know, let's let's say it the way it was. I mean, Sam Boyd Stadium for a long time was like an erector set down there. Well, it and it's in the middle of nowhere. It's it's not particularly convenient. I mean, where's the, the new stadium going up? It's just across I-15 from the Strip. I mean, it's right. Right there. Huh? It's right down the road from where, where all the action is. And how far along on it are they? Uh, I think it's just south of Tropicana, I want to say. Or how far along, yeah, uh, like they, on the stadium. They're going to yeah. be open in 2020. So, huh. Well, that's what's going on there then. It's a, it's a place people want to go, and it's going to be a big, beautiful stadium. So why not? The weather is kind of iffy sometimes around that time of year. What is the date of it? Do we have that? Uh, I do not. But have you been to Vegas down there around that yeah, time? Yeah, I've covered Vegas Bowls, yeah. Yeah, it's um, it can be cold. Uh, there's no time down in Vegas that's more crowded than around New Year's, though. But I mean, people go there, regardless to, of whether it's 85 degrees and sunny. Have you ever been to Vegas on New Year's? Uh, I don't think I have. We did it once just to do it, and it was... Pretty Bananas, wild, wasn't? <laughs> yeah, it was. I was down there on Thanksgiving a couple of times, and it was crowded. Wow, there were people everywhere. So I think I think that's good as the the Vegas rises. It's interesting to see the Holiday Bowl fall a little bit more, but I I think that uh, absolutely has to do with stadiums and and that sort of thing. Because San Diego, the destination, is obviously wonderful that time of year, uh, but. There's kind of the reworking of the bowl landscape for the Pac-12. I think El Paso is still to be avoided. So which of those bowls sounds most enticing to teams, other than the implications that come along with this order that you just listed? I think it'd be pretty cool to play in Vegas against an SEC team. Hmm. That would be. That's Yeah, like you said, that's a definite upgrade. And, uh, yeah, that sounds good. I like it. The only bowl tie- I wish the Vegas Bowl were up higher than the Alamo. The only bowl tie-in now the Pac-12 has that's not going up against the Power 5 league is now the Los Angeles Bowl where they'll play a Mountain West team. And I don't know. We'd have to look into it what uh, the Mountain West top bowl now is going to be. Because it's not it? Vegas anymore, obviously. Well, what would it be then? I don't know. Maybe it is the Los Angeles Bowl. But yeah. I'm not sure. We'll have to uh, to look into that. And this is all starting in 2020, by the way. All right. So that stadium will be all ready to go by then. That's the that's the idea. The Raiders are certainly hoping that because they've got that kind of tenuous agreement with Oakland still. Are they planning to play in that stadium in 2020? Yes. Yeah. So it has to be ready at the beginning of the season, right. obviously. Yep. Wouldn't that be weird if they started the season in Oakland and finished it in Vegas? I don't think they could do that. Hmm. Just pick up and move midstream like that? I don't think that would work. If we listed the cities that you think fans would most like to go to, let's say everything else let's say everything else is equal. You know, the stadium is terrific. What 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 city, what region of the country? would be most appealing to people. Now, here you take, take into consideration travel and yeah, stuff Yeah, probably like that. here it's going to be Southern California. You Pasadena, obviously, for the Rose Bowl. I, I don't think Vegas is far behind. Phoenix. 
I don't know about San Antonio. They seem to be in love with the Alamo Bowl for yeah, some reason. I'm not, I'm not real big. Have you been to the Alamo Dome? I have not. Yeah. Not really doing it for you. Yeah. They obviously like the Alamo Bowl, though, so they're keeping that with their at their number two bowl availability. The thing about the Rose Bowl, though, is that it carries all that other stuff with it, you know, beyond just the, uh, the destination. Of course, I love Pasadena. Very close to my heart. No, I think as far as destinations go, I, I think – I think it's pretty good for the yeah. Pac-12. I mean, El Paso and the Sun Bowl, that's not really uh, all that great, right? No. And the Independence Bowl is where? Shreveport, is it? Louisiana. Is it? So that's still, a that's a little bit of a, of a hike, but still, that's not so bad. At least it's, uh, yeah, Shreveport, you're right. At least that's going to be warmer. Yeah, I guess. Because and we've talked about this before. You want a destination where the players want to go, right? It this should be, and I know you you frown upon this sometimes, but it should be a reward for the team for having some success during the year. Reward them with a nice spot to go to. I know that uh, the BYU played well in Boise, and Utah State's gone there in the past. But nobody on earth wants to go to Boise in the middle of the winter. <laughs> yeah, you probably uh, find a better garden spot, right? Nobody went, hey, everybody, guess where we're going in December? <laughs> Boise. <laughs> Woo, get your sunscreen, folks. <laughs> Even though I think the, the weather didn't turn out to be too bad for, for uh, BYU this past year. But still, I think that's the exception rather than the rule. But, I'm, I mean, uh, people will go to Phoenix, they'll go to Southern California, you yeah, bet. Yeah. Vegas, absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't like to root for teams one way or the other, but I think – Ute fans would so enjoy the Rose Bowl. It is there's so much good feel that goes with that thing, and all the the pageantry, and and obviously the location is terrific. I, it would be it would be really fun to watch Ute fans enjoy that experience, and it would it would uh, infer, I guess, that they were really good that year. But uh, that I, I do, if I had a wish for Utah fans, it would be that their football team would get to the Rose Bowl. That, that I, man, I'll tell you, that would be a lot of fun for everybody around here. How do you get to Pasadena from LAX again? <laughs> I'm not going to fall for that. I'm not going there. You want to so badly. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Not going to do it, huh? Mm-hmm. You get on the 607? <laughs> no, it's the 302, Jake. Hey guys. Take that to the 904, <laughs> headed north by northeast. Down no. to the 6. Yeah, not going to. Over to 198. Some, some of the freeways have actual names, you know. But you guys probably The Lombardi Freeway is my favorite. Yeah, jump on. Take the Lombardi <laughs> to the Bob Saget and then uh, take that to the 304. Could take the harbor and get on to Pasadena. And you couldn't on. help yourself, could you? <laughs> well, there's all kinds of different ways to go. Uh, the Ute Conference uh, introduces their new fall flag football league. Boys and girls ages 5 to 7 learn to play, love the game, have a great experience. Come play flag football. Sign up today at UteConferenceFootball.org. That's UteConferenceFootball.org. Do you know that the Pasadena Freeway was the first freeway? And it's really, I have a nice car. It's, oh, really, tell. it's really kind of fun to drive because it's winding. The lanes are really narrow, so you got to be careful. It just winds on through, and it's it's if you have the right car, it's, it's fun to drive. Wouldn't be much fun for you. No, <laughs> not. So All right, stay tuned. More of the big show coming up next. Ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. You don't have to be the biggest market in the league to win a championship. San Antonio was not considered a big market team until they started winning championships. You can win championships in small markets. You don't have to be in New York, LA, San Francisco to get it done. Bigger markets have more ways they can do it, and they have more room for error and can recover more easily than a smaller market. Yes, the Jazz were right there to do it in the late 90s. I know they didn't win it, but they were championship caliber, right? What were they? Very regimented strong culture great leadership by key players the jazz have this now now they just need more talent so when i look at the way small markets have done it in the past that's what jumps out to me tony parks and austin horton weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5 1280 the zone in the zone sports network May I have your attention, please? You're locked on to the big show on 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network.
get a fast car I want a ticket to anywhere Maybe we make a deal Maybe together we can get Total Request Tuesday This goes out to a caller Car theme today in in honor of Gordon Monson. Want to remind you to join Hans and Scotty coming up tomorrow from noon to three as Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic will be live in studio to discuss an FDA-approved breakthrough and permanent solution for ED with no pills, surgery, or needles. Gordon, we can get into this more coming up in the four o'clock hour, but you've written a column about Ricky Rubio. Explain. Well, we talked about this a bit yesterday, Jake, but I thought that when uh, Ricky spoke out to that uh, radio uh, outfit and said essentially that the Jazz had come to him and told him that he was not, I'm paraphrasing, but was not a, a, a top priority, that he knew it was time to start looking around. Now, I don't know if the Jazz have any plans to make any kind of offer to uh, Ricky or not. But I I say two positive things about the way the Jazz handled that. And I was not in the meeting. I'm just going off of what we heard the various parties say. One is that the Jazz were honest with Ricky Rubio about their intentions. You brought this up yesterday, Jake. That is unusual. That, I mean, well, let's say it this way. It doesn't always happen where teams are that upfront about it. Why? Because they don't have their bases covered yet. They don't know how it's all going to turn out. What if they change their minds? What if they don't what if they find out that it's going to be a long shot to get the guy they really want? So you don't want to burn those bridges too early, right? On the other hand, you want to be upfront with the guys and let them know what the plans are out of fairness to them. And so, so are the Jazz going Cortez on this? The J- well, the where J- they burn their ships? The Jazz were being honest, and uh, they, they told Ricky what they were really thinking, and so now that gives him an opportunity to go about his business, as opposed to maybe a, a couple of years ago, if you remember, a certain player that left the Jazz and left them hanging when he left them because he did not really Either he didn't inform them of what his true intentions were or the Jazz weren't paying close enough attention. Have we ever figured out which of those is closer to being true? Uh, No. Not officially, I suppose. But if the Jazz were informed of his intentions, I don't think they go they Take everybody down there for the presentation and all that. So that, that really is being busted hard by the offending party. Really. And and I, I respect the Jazz for handling that the way they did. And it's an indication that the Jazz are serious about getting better. They know they cannot get where they want to go with Ricky Rubio being their point guard. And there are different ways that they can go about this. You know, they can go after a certain guy out there who plays that position and see if they can get him or see if they can work a trade for him, see if they can sign a free agent, uh, whatever. Or see if they can find shooters in other ways and then shift the point guard responsibilities around. Because in this day and age, Jake, and I know you feel this way, I certainly do, that if if your point guard or either one of your guards can't shoot, you're in trouble. Yep. And it seems that it limits what Quinn Snyder can do from a game plan standpoint, too. And, uh, you know, kind of going along with your column there, Sham Sharani of The Athletic uh, reported that uh, Utah, Orlando, Minnesota, and Indiana are expected to show an interest in Nets all-star and restricted free agent D'Angelo Russell. So he would be, I think, a, a nice fit to what the Jazz need. The problem with stuff like that is not only would you have to outbid those other teams, but you have to have the Nets being willing to part ways with him as well. Right. It's, it's not easy to do what the Jazz are trying to do here, but they are trying. They're trying to upgrade. They're not satisfied with the status quo. They are trying to move, upgrade this thing, and that would be an upgrade. And, but I'm not sure it's going to be that clean. You know what I mean? That, I mean, that'd be fine if the Jazz could pull that off. I just don't know if it's going to be, okay, A goes into this category, B goes into that category, and there you got your stuff. You know, I, I, I'm not sure it's going to work out that way or whether they're going to have to settle for whatever shooters they can get regardless. 
of uh, position played or, you know, sort of embracing that positionless basketball theme that we've seen so frequently. It's just the hard part about this offseason is so much depends on what other teams slash players do, depending on who's available. I mean, maybe Tobias Harris is number one on the Jazz wish list, just hypothetically. It, the, the Jazz have to root for then Jimmy Butler to leave Philadelphia or to stay in stay, Philadelphia. Yeah. And to suck up that salary so that they don't want to offer Tobias Harris the max, and he in turn looks around for uh, another place to but, play. But Keith Pompey, who joined me a few days ago on the Tony and Austin show, who covers the Sixers, said that their plan is to give them both. Really? And do whatever it takes to make that happen. Huh. They, he said that they would consider it a offseason failure if they aren't able to bring both of them back. I wonder if both of those players want to play with one another. I think a guy like Tobias Harris is looking to get paid. I think if if Philly gives him the max, I think he's probably staying. A guy who's bounced around a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, who's not the uh, to the Kawhi level where you can, or I guess LeBron is the best example of this, where you can just sign one-off contracts and basically bet on yourself. I mean, he's probably a guy that's that wants to get paid. The thing, the the funny thing about that idea with Philadelphia is they're, but as presently constituted, not good enough to get out of the east and if they did that brought everybody back they'd still not be good enough and now all of a sudden their their salaries are so overextended there's nothing that they can do and they're hoping that uh, certain young players on that roster can get better but speaking of these things that uh that are so necessary in the modern nba it really you cannot have that conversation without thinking about ben simmons and his limitations and that's not just a bunch of people who cover the jazz saying that. I think people are realizing that there are limitations there and that it, it can be crippling in this game. Now, they've got offensive options around them that they can, with, around him, that maybe can uh, soften that a little bit. But the jazz do not have that luxury. They need to find someone who can fill it up. Uh, and uh, a guy like Ricky Rubio, he had the nice trajectory where it looked like he was improving his shooting, but he shot 31% from three last year, and that's not good enough. Nope. So they've got to correct that, and uh, however they do it, whether it's D'Angelo Russell or Kimball Walker or, 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 or getting some wings who can shoot and then sharing the point guard duties or maybe giving some of it to Donovan Mitchell. We talked about that, that in the fourth quarter, oftentimes he was the one initiating the offense anyway. We saw Joe Ingles initiate the offense. So it, it depends on how you want to define what these guys – what you call these guys, but they have to be able to shoot. That's what that's so glaring. The Jazz know this. Everybody knows it. And so can they get that done? That has got to be priority one this offseason. Can they do it? <laughs> I find it fascinating to watch. I don't know. Do you? No. What do you, if you were to if you were to rank the priorities, and I know this is tricky because obviously you would say Kevin Durant or somebody along those lines. But if we were going to rank the reasonable opportunities, and we don't even know what those are, but I wonder what the the Jazz's priority list would be. They have to have a list. You know they do. Well, I, I, I think that's an impossible conversation. Probably Anthony Davis, number one. Yeah, but that's not realistic. Why not? They could trade for Anthony Davis. Why couldn't they? I guess they could trade. Yeah. Well, that's the only way anybody's acquiring Anthony yeah. Davis this offseason. But you know what I'm saying. I'm, I'm talking about free agents mostly. Or if they can you know, shake the whole thing up and, and work a three-team trade or something and bring somebody in, then, yeah, that would be, that would be interesting to watch. I, I saw on a list uh, odds out of Vegas that uh, Tobias Harris coming to the Jazz was about, I think, the sixth most likely Destination scenario. for him. Yeah, it was, uh, I'm sorry. I, I don't have it in front of me right no, now. No, that's accurate. Sixth. Sixth. Ten to one. Yeah. I, I still think the Jazz are far more likely to be active and land another player via trade than free agency. I mean, well, not to say that they won't sign players in free agency, but we're talking about impact guys. We're talking about that next piece, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's far more likely to come via trade than it is free agency. 
this this free agency is is going to be wild because there's just so many teams in cap room. And there's so many players. Forty percent of the league is free agents this, yeah. this off season. Forty percent. Yeah. I thought it was a third, but either way, it's a lot. I mean, it's it's just going to be nuts. And and not only are there going to be a ton of players out there, that there's also going to be a, a ton of teams with room. The 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 one caveat to that, and Locks brought this up a couple of times, is there going to be more point guards out there to be moved, not just free agents. I'm just talking about point guards available. Like Mike Conley's not a free agent, but he's essentially available, right? There's going to be more point guards on the market that are available than starting point guard spots. So that keep an eye on that storyline because that maybe is where you can get some value. And that's bad news for a guy like Ricky Rubio. Right, right. And I thought that was interesting what Ricky was saying. He said he's watching Marcus Gasol play in the finals, and he's inspired by that. And he not only doesn't want to be a bench player, he wants to start, and he wants to start for a team that can go deep into the playoffs. And I'm thinking to myself, well, if that's what you want, Ricky, then you should fully understand what the Jazz want because they want that same thing, and they can't do it with you. All right, action-packed 4 o'clock hour coming up for you. Don't forget, Chris Mannix joins us at 4.30, not Sports Report at 4.50. Bowler in the house at 5 o'clock. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Ricky Rubio news breaking over the weekend. He essentially said that the Jazz have told me that I am not a priority of theirs in free agency. Surprise you? No, it doesn't at all. I'd almost resigned to the fact that Ricky Rubio was gone even before locker room cleanup. I felt like there needed to be an improvement there. One of Ricky's biggest downfalls was his jump shot. There needed to be an improvement at the point. I think you believe that. I think I believe that. Yeah. Even if that improvement is Donovan Mitchell playing the point. I don't want to sound like I'm bagging on Ricky because he could be back with the Jazz. I think that there are guys out there that could be more productive and create more of a championship-style yeah. culture. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Oh!